Is this on? Okay. Good morning. Um, I think it's because uh, our, our Saviour never missed a heartbeat. Didn't matter whose heart it belonged to and what situation, he never missed a heartbeat. And he delights in those who, uh, who come from a place of brokenness and a place of, I can't do anything. He loves when people come to him and reach out. And so that inspires me to be involved. And also, um, I was challenged uh, a few months back in 1 Samuel 2.35 to be a person who does what's on his heart and what's on his mind. And I didn't know what that was going to be. But um, I know this is on God's heart. And I know this is on... We've been a, a, a presence there for over 10 years. So I know this particular area of discipling is on his heart and is on his mind. That's wonderful, yep. Anything else you want to share? Is that one from the platform? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> he just opened a can of worms in. Um, so, um, yeah, so we're, we're gathering together for prayer on Sunday mornings. If you can be there or if you can remember that 8 to 8.30 space on a Sunday morning... Um, I, I've placed that, that time frame so that you can escape and do whatever you have to do afterwards if you can make it. But we're praying. We had three people there this morning, so it was just great to meet. And now it's going to get into winter, and we can really be close together and pray. <laughs> um, we're looking at praying, amongst other things, praying for a core team together and to be discovered. And uh, I feel that if God is like tapping you on your heart. And, and you know how that, you get that feeling, you think, no, 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 God, not me, not me. Yeah, you. That's when the Holy Spirit is saying, I think I'd like to, to get you involved. So if you feel that tap, um, please get in contact with me and let's have a chat. Uh, have a coffee together, your shout, and um, we'll, you know, um, have a chat about the ministry. And also, please pray for us as we, you know, recently those windows were smashed. So we do pray for protection in that space. Um, stuff happens, uh, but we, we just say, Lord, protect us as we go about your business. So um, thank you for that uh, opportunity to mention that. If you turn to Psalm 23, we're looking at the, it's not the final, is it, David? There's one more after this, is that right? Okay, so yep. So, yep. so we're looking at um, the name of God, Jehovah Ra'ah. Psalm 23 is where we're looking at. And if you could read with me this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me with anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. It's a, um, 
well-known psalm, as you know, and many of you, you love this psalm. Uh, people in places of grief embrace what David has written here, embrace the Lord as their shepherd through this particular season and this time. Um, David was the author, and he not only writes biblical truth, he writes from experience. And we see that through the scriptures. And so I want to highlight a few things this morning about our Jehovah Ra'ah, our shepherd. Now, what were the shepherds like? And pretty much in a lot of places that are like this today, traditionally the youngest in the family was groomed to be a shepherd. So when Samuel comes to anoint the next future king, seven of them were rejected, where was the eighth? He was out there with the sheep. He was the one being groomed to be a shepherd. The clothing that the shepherds wore from the Israeli DFO was the Abba. So a lot of these garments were made with camels here. You want to get a good look at this? It's what Matt Parkinson and Dave wear on a Sunday. No, hang on, sorry, that's wrong. It's what Elijah and John the Baptist wore when they did their ministry. The shepherd would also um, carry a, a bag made of dried skin. When he leaves home to look after the sheep, his mother would often supply you know, the, the nourishment that he needed for the day in that bag. Um, it was also the bag that David placed the stones to take on Goliath. The shepherd's rod and staff were used for directing, for identifying, for the sacrifices, and also disciplining the sheep. You know, just back. Now, I like what Dave said this morning. You know how you come to church and you learn little things? You always learn something new. And so next time I fight with my girls, I'm going to say, I release you. Bye. I release you. Get away. But... Um, when I grew up in the island uh, culture, uh, you, you speak to any islander, they, you say, did you ever get disciplined? They will laugh and smile at you because life was about discipline for us. Um, in church, if you nodded off, you'd get a flick on the ear and it hurt so that you wouldn't nod off. And if that didn't wake you up, they would get a shoe and throw it at you. <laughs> this was discipline of the highest uh, level here, because <laughs> um, you got it at home also. Why were you sleeping in church? But um, the shepherds would discipline their sheep if they began to stray, if they tried to get out. Even the sling was used to stop a sheep in its, in its, you know, in its act of escaping, to bring them back. And so the shepherd would use these instruments as instruments of discipline. Shepherds would also have the responsibility of leading the sheep to waters, refreshing waters that were still agitated. Well, yeah, waters that were moving would agitate the sheep. So it was no good. So they would lead them, as David said, to still waters and greener pastures. And finally, sheepfolds and pens would be made for the sheep, for the flock. And they would be made of thorns and thistles as well to keep the sheep in and to keep the thieves and robbers out. So, a bit of background on shepherds. And David writes, 
As I mentioned the first thing about shepherds this morning, David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right path. You prepare feasts before me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We have a personal shepherd this morning. He's personal. And whatever life you're living today, he's your shepherd. Whether you are older or whether you are younger, he's your shepherd. He's your personal shepherd. We've, life has never had this before outside of God. We have an om omnipresent God who is always there as our shepherd. I recently traveled through 1st and 2nd Samuel devotionally and I began to read about the life of David and I came to a place in that reading where I thought, what, another one? Another hard situation? When is this going to stop? If you read through the, those scriptures, you'll find that David endured uh, the snares and the grumblings of his own brothers when he was anointed. Remember when, when, when he went to uh, check out the battle, which wasn't really a battle, but he went to check out the battle and his brothers. And when they saw him talking, they said, what are you doing here? Go, who's looked after all those sheep that you should be looking after? I don't know if it was, it was recorded, but oh, should have been recorded, but maybe they were thinking, King David. <laughs> but no doubt he would have been snared upon by his family. David ran for his life from Saul like a dog. He entered into caves and into the forest. He was running like a criminal for his life. That's how he felt. David sunk to the lowest, lowest part of his life when he slept with uh, Bathsheba. And then he organized the murder of Uriah. And the day came when he was told, you're the man. Couldn't have sunk any lower and to top it off as the years continued to roll by and this is where I went what his own kids turned on him and rebelled against the kingdom that God had set up and at the death of Absalom you read David crying Absalom Absalom he was broken but you know this is the king that never forgot that his shepherd was his shepherd. He belonged to David, the shepherd. And so he could write, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Ra'ah. Jesus, if you read with me, Jesus also wrote in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. And I love this. I know my sheep. And they know me. My sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. Remember I said that the, the, the shepherds would come to their flock. And one of the other things 
that um, was true about these shepherds was that they would call their sheep by name and the sheep would come to their voice. Five times in John chapter 10, the shepherd's voice is mentioned. Once as a stranger's voice and four times as his own voice that the sheep listen and follow. A few decades back, <laughs> can't believe I'm saying that, but a few decades back, in my own experience of, of, of uh, entering into a, a season where I really needed the shepherd to know that he was real for me, um, because I had come to Jesus, because I was going to a different church and being fed and discipled, uh, my, my family uh, kind of like uh, threw their noses up at it. And something happened which I never really thought I, I would go through. My mum turned against me and she shut up shop intimately. I don't know um, how many of you have had your parents shut up shop and have no relationship with you. Maybe you have and you know how I felt, but I, I felt that. And so every time I would go on a Saturday night on the streets with, you know, with, with the group that was there, it was popular then, playing the guitar and handing out tracks and stepping out and saying, Jesus loves you. Inside, there was a, there was a, a burden. How can I be out there preaching the good news when I can't even talk to my mum? And it, it just grieved me until the shepherd began to get really personal with me. And I remember the night when I opened the, the Psalms and in Psalm 27, David says, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And I thought, wow, that's all I needed. And through the process of time, God opened up an opportunity and the relationship was healed. Come and talk to me later if you want to know about the in and outs. No time this morning. But the relationship was miraculously healed. The shepherd stepped in to my personal situation as I reached out to him. He's a personal shepherd, but he's not only a personal shepherd. Here's another thing. He's a providing shepherd. David says, I have all that I need. He not only sang about the shepherd's provision, he knew it in his life. One time when he was on the run for his life, God sent someone to David with food and resources, just a whole bunch of stuff for him to get by while he was on the run. And I remember reading that and thinking, there it is. There it is, the shepherd. And then another time um, when he was exhausted, weary, and spiritually deflated, God sent Jonathan. And Jonathan came and got alongside David, and he built him up in the faith. God provided for him just at the right time. Now, one of the reasons um, why I'm here in Australia is because I was challenged for missions. 
um, by an American uh, missionary couple who were missionaries in Bolivia in 1955. They were there for a few years until they got onto leadership and eventually they made their way to New Zealand in the 90s and they began to be the representatives of this mission. I met them and um, I, I was blessed. I was absolutely gobsmacked with how amazing this couple were. So I just spent time with them. I just, just hung around. You know, one day they were going to America and I, I knew nothing about gardening. And they said, Mike, is that good? Mike, uh, if you want to look after um, our house, that'd be great. And he had these beautiful, these, you know, his garden set up. And I said, yeah, sure, Don, no worries. Uh, have a great time. So I'd, I was over Don's house and, and I'd, I'd sleep there overnight. But then also I'd help him with the gardens because that's what I promised. But did I know anything about gardening? Well, when they came back, they had a look and, and Don shaking his head saying to his wife, you know, Dee, we, I'm sure we had flowers here or I'm sure we had those beautiful, uh, we're going to have to talk to Mike about what happened. So graciously, I'm serious, graciously they came over and said, hey, Mike, uh, how'd you go with the gardening? And I said, yeah, it's pretty hard work, but I, I got it done. And they said, Mike, uh, you left the weeds, but you took all the flowers and the flowers. I'm thinking, seriously? And, you know, and they said, yeah, but that's fine. We can start again. We can start again. And um, I'm serious. They didn't invite me to look after their place again. <laughs> but uh, I, they did not stop me coming over to see them. And so I said to Don one day, I, I don't get it. I don't get how you can go all around New Zealand. You don't have a job like I, I'm painting, but you don't have a job. So, you know, so I thought, you know, that's, that was my perspective. Um, so I said, you know, where do you get the money to go around and do this kind of stuff? Where do you get the money to go and um, to America, back to your family and back to your home church? How do you find the funds to do that? You're asking me to go to Australia. I'm only on this amount of money and, and you're, asking, you're challenging me to trust God. I don't get it. Where do, you do, where do you get it? And Don says, you know, Mike, we trust in God's provision by faith and by faith alone. If you don't get that, it's going to be difficult for you in the future to trust him. But we trust him by faith. And I said, yeah, that's good, Don, but... What happens when you pack your suitcase, you get ready to buy the tickets at that particular time and then the funds don't turn up in your bank account or no one comes over to you? What happens then? I thought I'd got them. And you know, with an infectious smile, Don just said, you know, Mike, because we trust God by faith, if the money does not turn up when we expect it to turn up, then we say, thank you, God. It must be for another time. And I'm going to trust you. And we're not going anywhere this season. We're staying put until your provision comes. And I went, oh, why do you have to say that? Because that challenges me to trust him more when there's nothing in you know, in the bag, to trust him more, that he is my shepherd and that he will provide. 
So look at me again in the scriptures there. Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus himself said this. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries today is trouble enough for today isn't it? today's trouble is enough and so within a year and year and a half when i stepped foot in australia i already had some painting jobs and I was working on the orchards so that my fees could be paid. And God began the journey of providing my needs. He's also a shepherd who guards and he guides. As mentioned previously with the shepherd's uh, job description, the shepherd would guard and watch over the flock. Erecting a pen and even sleeping right there with his flock, using his staff and his rod all the time to protect the flock and to prepare many of them for the sacrifices that were coming. David pens in his psalm, he guides me along the right paths, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So David was not only comforted that the shepherd was protecting and guiding him, but also that the shepherd knew what he was doing when he himself was being disciplined. John chapter 8, read with me as Jesus said this, All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely, and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. The hired hand will run when he sees the wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd and so when the wolf attacks him and scatters the flock, the hired hand runs away because he's only working for money and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. This king experienced the guidance and the guarding of the shepherd throughout his whole life. From the time he was, the, the oil was dripping down his teenage pimpled face to the time when he was a 70-year-old king ready to go and meet with his Lord. He knew him as the shepherd that went before him every step of the way. But let me ask a question here that maybe some of you are asking. When it comes to guiding and protecting, how come some get protected like that and others get protected like that? 
How come you seem to, to um, experience God's uh, protection in that way, but you don't? Why is it that God allowed Stephen to be protected up until the time that he was stoned and martyred? And yet over here, Peter, in Acts chapter 12, is released from prison for more ministry. Who makes the grade? Who makes the protection grade, the guarding grade? How come in 1955, um, uh, Five men went into the jungles of South America, Jim Elliott and his friends. And in 1956, January the 8th, they were murdered by the Indians. They were only 28, 29, 30. How come Jim and his mates go there? God takes them at that age. And yet over here, Billy Graham, 99 years old before God takes them. Who makes the grade here? The shepherd protects on purpose. On purpose. And the old Irish preacher used to shout that I listened to years ago, we are invincible until the master calls us home. Who makes the grade? Well, whoever's in line with his purpose. But we have a shepherd who protects and he guards us all the days of our life on purpose. And this is why Romans 8 says all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Well, what's his purpose? The next scripture, more like Jesus. He's transforming us more and more like his son. That's the ultimate purpose of God. The Bible also talks about him as being a present shepherd. David writes, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Again, the eastern shepherds slept and stayed with their flocks. In fact, when David went to go and check out his brothers, he actually left someone to care for the sheep because the sheep would always have someone with them. In Hebrews 13, 5, the writer says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. I'll always be there. In fact, the, the original language gives an ex, uh, uh, exclamation here. No, never abandon you. No, never leave you. God is saying in his most clearest message, I'm here, I'm present. You can trust me. One of the highlights of um, the recent journey um, series that Kathy and I were involved in was hearing the stories. That was the one I loved the most. That's why I love the Gideons, because they have so many stories. But the stories of people that people were sharing, of where they were at. And as I listened to these stories, every single one 
have this resonating truth about it, that the shepherd was with me as I went through this particular season. He never left me. He was there. The final thing I want to share with you this morning, and forgive me if I jump up and down. I won't. It's okay. Don't get too worried. But the Bible teaches, David says, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's our confidence. Because we have a returning shepherd. He's coming back. Get excited. He is coming back, the shepherd. Thank you, Michael. In John chapter 10, uh, Jesus said this, my sheep listen to my voice. There it is again. And I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. My father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them from my father's hand. That's the confidence we have. That we're in the hands of the shepherd that no one or no experience can snatch us away. That's why Paul wrote in Romans 8, 31 to 39, that there is no separation from the Lord Jesus Christ as our shepherd. And this shepherd is coming back to grab you and I. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said this, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who died will rise from their graves. And that's what we're entering this season to be reminded of. Will rise from their graves. Then together with them, notice the delineation, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up with them in the clouds in the air and so shall we ever be with our shepherd. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. Are you excited? He's coming. The shepherd who is with us, who guards and guides us, is coming again. That's our hope. That's our confidence. And I close this morning with a little old black spiritual that was written many years ago. We'll soon be free. We'll soon be free. We'll soon be free. When the Lord will call us home. My brother, how long? My brother, how long? My brother, how long? For we're done suffering here. It won't be long for the Lord will call us home. We'll walk the miry road where pleasures never die. We'll walk the golden street where pleasures never die. My brother, how long? My brother, how long? My brother, how long? For we're done suffering here.
We'll soon be free. We'll soon be free. We'll soon be free when Jesus sets us free. We'll fight for liberty. We'll fight for liberty. We'll fight for liberty when the Lord will call us home. That's our shepherd. Let me just quickly pray. You have always been the same. You have never changed. Scriptures are right, Lord. I am the Lord, I change not. You've always been our shepherd from the moment we were born to the day that we pass from this life to the better life. And so, shepherd, we come to you this morning and we renew our confidence and we renew our thankfulness for being our personal shepherd who not only calls us by our own name, but you lead us out and you guide us and you guard us. And one day you're going to bring us home. Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being our Jehovah Ra'ah, our shepherd. In his name, amen.